This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Voice of Change time with myself, Lauren Jacobs. Welcome to today's show, and I am very, very excited to be welcoming Laura Bogus onto the show with me today. And Laura is an incredible, incredible person, and she has an MA in clinical psychology, works in a medical rehabilitation unit counseling individuals and families who are going through traumatic medical diagnoses such as brain injury, spinal cord injuries, as well as strokes. And she is also the author of the spiritual practice books, Playdates with God. Having a Childlike Faith in a Grown-Up World, also the novella Waiting for Neruda's Memoirs, and the novel Mildred's Garden. She's also in the process of earning a Master Naturalist Certificate and enjoys the feel of bare feet in the grass, bird watching, and gardening. And she has also been a lay preacher since 2012. And as she makes her home in West Virginia, where she's empty nesting with her husband, Jeff. And uh, today... Actually, it's so important that we talk about Jeff as well because Laura is going to be sharing with us a bit of her story and uh, her journey with Jeff as well as they have encountered depression within their marriage and her husband having been diagnosed with depression and who is an incredible human being who is in the psychology field. And we're really going to be talking today about the fact that, you know, sometimes in marriage it's very, very difficult when one partner, one spouse is dealing with depression or anxiety and there is a higher level of experiencing depression yourself when you are in a marriage to someone who struggles with depression or anxiety. And so Laura is going to be sharing with us a bit of their story and also uh, what she has learned and how she has developed coping mechanisms as well as tools as she looks back over her life as well on, you know, when you love somebody and you are in a marriage how do you deal with you know when one person really is struggling with depression and and i want to say that that's you know depression we're not talking about depression as like a a low mood that you feel today we're talking about diagnosed depression and depressive episodes and things like that and also you know, we're going to be breaking through some stereotypes today because honestly, it often happens within faith communities that we often stereotype and stigmatize individuals who struggle with depression. And we do not provide support to family members and spouses of people who struggle with depression. And I think and believe that we need to begin to normalize the conversation and break open these realities and be more of a support. And so Laura is with me after this, and I cannot wait for you to be settling in to the show and just open up your mind and maybe you are someone who needs some support today because this is your reality as well and so we welcome you into this space and Laura is with me after this. It's going to be an amazing time today. I'm so, so looking forward to having Laura with me again, as I shared in the beginning when we were just joined, that Laura is such an incredible human being. And last time she was with me on Voice of Change, everyone just experienced such a touch from God 
I had so many messages of people just saying how they experienced the presence of God when we were talking about play dates with God, when we were talking about really making that time to spend with the Father and really connecting with play again. And uh, it was just such an incredible time. But today on Voice of Change, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, but still part of Laura's journey and part of so many of our journeys as well. We're going to be talking about mental health. And uh, we're also going to be really zoning in today on living with a spouse who has problems with mental health or maybe has anxiety, depression. It could be even something like post-traumatic stress how this impacts a marriage or how do you live in that environment sometimes that gets really a bit tough. So today, before we get into that, Laura, I just want to welcome you back to Voice of Change. As I said, it's so always a blessing to, you know, connect with you. And yeah, last time was just so special. So I know that we're going to have a great time on this show today. So welcome again to the show. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be back. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, you have shared a lot about your personal story, like on your own blog and also, you know, as you share with your community. So tell us a little bit about the journey when we talk about mental health uh, and we talk about having a spouse and being married to someone that maybe struggles with anxiety or depression on, you know, a very deep level. Uh, Tell us a bit about your journey with with this uh, personally and um, because I know that for many people who are listening this isn't really something we talk about a lot and I feel like we need more people to speak openly about this journey and also so that we can be almost alongside each other in the journey and especially as Christians. Yes that's it's interesting that you would say that because um, I was as I was um, getting ready for our discussion, I was I was reflecting on um, the the history um, and the journey that I've been on with my husband, and I remembered the first time that I shared publicly the story of mm-hmm. um, his struggle with depression, and and that is. Um, um, I do, I do share the story with his permission and he's, um, he's uh, hopeful that, that our story will help others. But I was speaking mm-hmm. at a women's retreat um, a few years ago and I had my message prepared and I um, just kept feeling a nudge from God to share a little more intimately, a little more personally. And uh, we were just coming out of that really dark season. Um, He has uh, struggled with a tendency towards melancholy most of his life, but um, Mm. we had just come out of a season of a major depressive episode that had impacted our family and had um, really... um, really changed a lot of of the nuances of our marriage and our family life and and so I felt God um nudging me to share a little bit of that mm. story and it was right after my book Playdates with God was released and so um in the midst of this time where I 
felt I should be sharing a message of joy and play and about God's playful spirit, there was just this incredible darkness in my personal life. And Mm. so I, I began to share that story with this room of women and um, something surprising happened. Um, Everyone was kind of just shuffling their papers, taking notes, you know, but as I was talking, I felt my voice break. Mm. And as soon as that happened, excuse me, all eyes turned towards me and I had their rapt attention because Mm. we've all felt this, right? We've all been touched by depression or anxiety somehow some way in our lives. It is such a common um, problem. And even more so now since the pandemic, we know the numbers Mm. are on the rise. And um, they connected with that story, the pain and the struggle. And I had no answers at the time. We were still limping through. Um, But after I shared my story, one by one, the women began to approach me later and share their own stories of of hurt and dealing with depression and anxiety. And, and my heart just broke because they spoke about it in hushed tones and, and whispers. Mm. And, and I realized that, that we do not feel safe sharing our stories of struggles with mental health in our church. Yeah. And that just broke my heart um, because I, uh, I, I recognize that um, without community over overcoming such a struggle um, is a very difficult thing. We know that God, we know that the Psalms themselves are um, like one, one third are laments, you know, these, Mm. these, this poetry, these songs that hold agony and hope side by side. And, and the Psalms, you know, if you remember, they were the songbook of the people of God. They, they sang these praises these laments in community, in public worship. And so I believe that God means for us to cry out as a community for ourselves and for each other. And, um, you know, the, the Psalms, that word Psalm in Hebrew, it, it means praises, but yeah. it's, it seems a strange thing that that a book called praises is um has such a significant number of lament in it mm. um mm. and it makes me wonder if if we need to rethink what it means to praise um, mm. praising in I the love book. that yeah mm. I love that I was reading a book um it was quite some years ago and called the prophetic lament Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or yeah. I, I can't think of right now who the author is. Um, he is an American, an Asian American man. And um, he wrote how uh, 
he wrote about the necessity of lamenting mm-hmm. and um, how it is something that we have really lost, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the ancient culture and especially in ancient Israel, you know, you had mourners, professional mourners, oh, yeah. people who would mourn. Um, and that was uh, not something that they were putting on just to get paid. It was part of the culture and um, being okay with things like death, being okay with things like mourning, being okay that this is part of life. It's not something to be avoided. Uh, it's not something to be uh, just praise your cares away because sometimes there there is that depth of sorrow or pain and even see that in the book of Lamentations. And I think uh, to lament is is powerful. And also, like you said, though, that's so important, uh, the fact that when we talk about mental health, oftentimes, especially as Christians, we speak about it in those hushed tones, yes. in the sense of we got to whisper or mm-hmm. we're careful who we tell right. because maybe there's a judgment or uh, if we know that, um, you know, you have to take medication for mental health, then you're even more careful who you tell because then you really don't know who's going to judge you on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and then it becomes something that we almost have to carry shame about. And it shouldn't be that way at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, for you, of course, like, you know, with with the first time you kind of realized that maybe your husband was dealing with, with uh, his mental health, with depression, do you remember how, like you said in, in the beginning as well, you know, and you were limping through it because it, it's it's so... You, 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 we almost don't know how to how to deal with it, and again, because we're not speaking enough about it, we don't hear stories, or we don't, we're not open about these truths of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when you were first kind of limping through it and how hard it is? Because there's no denying that any kind of depression, uh, especially a depressive episode or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who has bipolar, and she's spoken a openly about it on the show as well it does affect your marriage when you're in those initial stages because you are literally trying to figure out what to do and what does this look like and uh, how how was that for you guys in the beginning right well um my husband and I are both in the mental health field um he uh has a PhD in clinical psychology and I have a master's degree. So we have worked with others most of our adult lives who deal with um, mental health issues, but it is, as you say, it's, it's kind of a, um, a sneaky thing. It sneaks up on you when you're dealing with it personally. And especially when you're right in the middle of it and you're, you, um, you don't, and you haven't experienced it to that degree before. And I remember um, the realization after several months of thinking, this is going to get better. This is going to get better. And things did not get better. Um, They would, they just got worse. We had, um, our boys were both, um, I, 
preteens, I think, at the time. And they were at an age, you know, where they needed both their mother and their father very much to be role models for them. And it, it the depression felt very much like a dark wall between us and him. And we were on the other side of this. And mm-hmm. he was struggling through it, trying to uh, beat it on his own. And any any suggestions or ways that I tried to help him to handle it were met with resistance. And that is the nature of depression. You know, you are, mm-hmm. the way you see the world is colored in gray and your, your thought processes are biased and um, it's difficult, very difficult to find a solution to any problem mm. because you're seeing only the negative sides of things. Um, and so we, you know, there came a point where I realized that for my children and for our marriage, that I had to start fighting back against this thing that mm. that he was not able to do it on his own, no matter how hard he tried. Um, and he had been, as I said, um, had a tendency towards depression our whole, you know, mm. most of his life. But he's he's been an avid runner all his life. And um, he always used exercise and diet and behavioral changes to help him to overcome those things. But in the in those those years, he had recently developed some back problems and he wasn't able to exercise the way that he used to. And things just um, were in a much more difficult place. And this is the nature of depression, too. You have. Yeah. Um, more severe episodes and less severe episodes. And um, it just so happened that uh, we were in one of those really dark times. Mm. Um, and uh, it it began to feel like, like a battle. And um, mm. I had to sort of rally, rally the troops, so to speak. Um mm. And one of the first things that that required was that it it be revealed, that it be exposed, that it comes out into the open. Yeah. That's very scary. Um, mm. Yeah. Especially for someone whose profession is in mental health. Um, mm. There's the fear that your career could come into question that your credibility, um, the stigma of mental health is still there. It's much better yeah. than it used to be, but there is still a lot of um, fear and judgment. Mm. And, and I think probably in the Christian community, um, maybe even more so than the general public. Yeah, definitely. And I think that one of the things we see as well um, I don't know if I, I'm sure that you have have seen this as well, is that how scary it is for a spiritual leader, a pastor, faith leader to to also speak, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about if they have 
depression or anxiety, you know, the judgment on on yes. in on someone that's leading a church, leading a congregation. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we often see an increase in and in, in that suffering where uh, you know, spiritual leaders often end up committing suicide because they don't feel like they have a support or that they can speak up or that they can get that mm-hmm. uh that help. And I think that that's that that's so sad because we should begin to really speak about these this conversation. We should normalize it, you know. Uh, and like you said as well, since the pandemic and since you know COVID and everything that's happened, we have seen an increase in struggles with mental health, and it's across uh, you know across different age groups. It's not just happening to one specific age group. It's happening to many different individuals across, like from teenagers to university students and um you know like older generation even even more so and i think it's something that i really pray we'll begin to normalize as the christian community and uh, i would love to ask you as well about you know some of the things that that you learned on Mm -hmm. how to deal and how to live and how to manage you know living with a spouse and and having a family as well and looking after them when you know these depressive episodes do happen and when it gets tough because it is it is hard and it is tough and are we going to take a really quick music break though but I don't want you as the listener to go anywhere because Laura and I are still going to be talking about this and I really want to encourage you during the song that maybe if you know a friend who is in the situation that we are describing today and in a reality that we are talking about today you know just encourage them to to listen on in they have a few minutes you know you can send them a message during the song and just say hey you know we want to give you some hope today we want to help you and just listen just listen in to what laura and lauren are sharing today and uh you can do that during the song so we'll see you when we get back you're here with me lauren jacobs on voice of change today and laura bogus is joining me and we have been talking about her journey and the journey of her family as well, and a journey that many of us can connect with when it comes to mental health and having a spouse that struggles with their mental health and with depression or anxiety or many different things like that. And Laura, you know, we were touching on, before we went to the song, we were touching on, you know, those initial stages and, you know, wanting to and having to say that you know this is our story this is our truth this is what's happening and today looking back as you reflect on it what would you say you know statistically we read that if you have a spouse who has depression or anxiety you have a 50 percent chance of developing that yourself Mm -hmm. because it is such a uh, intense journey of walking with that and your personality comes into it as well and you know, all different kinds of things. So what have you learned yourself on how do, uh, you know, really just those kind of what we would say coping mechanisms for yourself and and also just ensuring that, you know, we can also be people who can still love and still be in that relationship without becoming depressed or anxious ourselves, which I'm sure is quite a challenge. Yes, yes. I think that is 
I, I had not heard that um, statistic before, 50, 50% chance of the significant mm-hmm. other developing depression, but that makes so much sense. Um, I do. I remember during that particular season, uh, waking up in the morning and hearing him beside me. And the first sound was just this sigh of dread. And that would fill me with dread, this dread mm-hmm. of the day. What, what are we facing today? And I, um, one of the first things that I learned was that for me to be um, the helper for him, that I had to make sure that I was filled and I was um, taking care of myself emotionally and physically. Um, because the thing about caregiver stress, and not that I was a caregiver in the sense that a physical caregiver would be, but when you're trying to manage another person's emotions and trying to help them um, in that way, um, it, it can be a very similar type of caregiving where you mm. start to ignore your own needs and your own health. And I realized that I was doing that, that I was internalizing the responsibility. And the first thing I had to do was surrender that, let go of feeling responsible for another person's mm. happiness. That That is not my job. Um, mm. And um, I began to pray scripture when I would wake up in the morning and I would feel that terrible dread, um, there was a a particular Psalm that I would just say to myself before I even opened my eyes. And it was Psalm 143 um, verses seven and eight, I think it was. And it just says, answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. Show me the way I should go, for to you I trust my life. And that sort of became my mantra. To you, Mm. I trust my life. And when I would feel out of control, I I just had to practice that surrender and give that back to God. I'm trusting you with my life. The scripture tells me I can and I believe it. Um, in the midst of that dark season, you tend to forget the promises that are made in scripture. And I just clung, I just clung to those, um, those words. And I just began Mm. to, I, I, I remember one day I sat down and I, with my um, concordance, and I looked up every scripture I could think of that had to do with hope and with um, sorrow and with joy and and I wrote them out in my journal and um, those became my strengthening verses Um, and Mm. there's power there's power in that Um, that was that was the beginning for me of taking back my own agency to um, to see the world as beautiful again Um, Mm -hmm. and Another another thing that I started to do, and and um, this may sound like a no brainer, but um, 
when you love someone who is depressed, um, uh, the things that are meaningful in ordinary life start to lose their meaning to that person. Um, Mm. So I made a special effort to pray with my husband every evening. I would Mm. take his hands and we would pray together Um, there because my heart was beginning to get hardened towards him because Mm. of all the pain that I was watching our children go through. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, there's the old adage that you cannot um, be angry at someone and pray for them. Well, it's hard to be angry at someone when you're praying with them as well, too. And Mm. it opened me up for a much more compassion and a deeper kind of love um, to just to simply Mm. pray together. And it brought us closer in our marriage, too. Um, Mm. Mm, I love that. I'm so grateful that you shared that because I think that that I have heard from individuals that say that they've got that hard and hard as well. And sometimes they think, oh my gosh, I think I will be better off if I get out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, cause I think that when for all of us as human beings, we go, oh, this is difficult. And immediately your brain is kind of like, it will be better if I'm not here. Yeah. It'll be better if I'm not in this, you know, um, yeah, the grass is indeed greener on the other side because that's the way that your your mind works, which may not even be the truth. But it's it's important that we hear that this does happen, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you actually do want to get out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But it it is it can be a very normal thing to have that, but to know how to deal with that. Like you said, I love that you said you know you know taking hands and, and praying together and. And, um, you know, God is in that. And, you know, Laura, what do you say to people when uh, people tend to have this, they tend to have this thing of saying, well, you know, depression is a spiritual thing and you just got to kind of pray it away. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've heard that, you know, where people go, oh, it's all this I've heard that a lot. A lot of people believe that it's just this spiritual thing. You know, you must, it should just be prayed away or there's something wrong with you. Uh, How, how do you respond to that? And and what truth do you want to share with us today? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because maybe there's people listening who have maybe heard that themselves and have, and feel now that condemnation or who themselves do not understand um, the reality because they've said it to someone else. I would say to look to scripture, um, some of our most well-known biblical characters, uh, King David, um, Jeremiah, they call Jeremiah Mm. the living prophet. Um, There there was certainly no lack of faith involved in their lives, but there were hard circumstances. And if we know our Bible stories and our scripture, then we know that depression is a normal part of the human experience, or it can be. That's not to say that everyone will experience depression in their life, yeah. Yeah. but, um, but the getting back to the Psalms, um, they 
express a wide array of human emotion. And we live in a fallen world. Um, This world is a broken place and it is not as it should be. Um, So we're all going to experience um, illness and, and um, struggles. Um, Jesus told us you will have troubles in this life. The promise was not that we would not have troubles, but that he mm. would be there with us in the midst of them. Um, and, and that is, uh, it, it's, um, I think it's, it's upsetting that, that, that viewpoint is still prevalent amongst some, mm. um, some Christian circles, um, because I would also, I'd like to say that having been through that dark season and being on the other side or in between dark seasons, yeah. I should say, the the way that it deepens your faith and informed my faith, um, I, I I have to say that that my relationship with the Lord is so much richer because mm. of walking through those valleys. And, and my relationship with my husband is too. Um, when you can over, when you can get through those hard times together, it has a way of um, solidifying and strengthening your love for each other. Um, so mm. I would encourage anyone who, you know, and I felt it, I wanted to run away too. Um, but, uh, and that's not to say that there aren't situations of abuse where, yeah. where it's not um, prudent to 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 leave, but but um, don't don't run away from the hard things either. You know, it is mm. it will make it will take you deeper. It will. Yeah, mm. I love that. I really, really. Just think that, uh, you know, that change of mindset from, from individuals. And like you say, that sometimes, um, the, the mindset is so prevalent of like, well, you know, uh, you know, you got to deal with this in a spiritual way. There's something wrong. But like you said, we live in a fallen world. I often think of Elijah, you know, that had that experience, mm-hmm. you know, on the mountain with the prophets of Baal was like this yeah. high pinnacle moment. Mm-hmm of his ministry, so to say. And then straight afterwards, you know, he just, as the Bible says, ran away and he lay down and he was like, God, I just, I just want to die, you know? And then we see this, this depression that he struggled with and maybe he struggled with it often. And we just don't read about that. So, so often. And I think there's comfort in so many of these scriptures, even, even uh, just reading them and, and um, seeing that, these are normal individuals in the Bible as well that go through the same things that we experience and we shouldn't be living in a space of condemnation. And so I pray that if anyone's listening to us today, that it's maybe experienced that condemnation and had people say things to them that has only further, you know, made them feel so much worse inside themselves. I really pray that God would just bless them today and, and help them realize that, you know, uh, he loves them and that their condemnation is not is not truth and not of him either. And uh, I just, Laura, I want to say thank you so much, you know, for sharing your story with us and also to your husband for 
uh, his journey as well and for you being able to share his story and to to voice the journey that you have been on together and still continue to be on, but also for the hope that you give us today and in being honest and also saying that, you know, a marriage and a relationship can deepen and, and it is a journey and uh, it's important that we talk about it because too many times I think in Christian circles, we just go, oh, you know, we're not going to talk about these things. And I think we should normalize the conversation. So Laura, I want to say, firstly, thank you so, so much. Um, it's such a gift to hear um, your journey. And so I'm so grateful for you today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And I do pray that it does help some people as it goes out to the world. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much, Laura. Take care. Huge blessings on you and your family. And um, yeah, we just pray that you, God's voice and truth is being heard through through this, you know, this show today and through you sharing as well. So thank you so much, Laura, and take care. Thank you. I'm so grateful to Laura today as well as Jeff for being voices in our generation and for sharing her story and their story with so much grace and so much compassion and love and understanding and wisdom and divine guidance. And you know what? I believe that for you today, if you are listening and this is maybe your story, a similar journey, a similar story, a similar reality, then I believe that today you know, we really want to say to you as well that you are seen and and you are heard. And I pray that God's grace and his mercy will be with you. I pray that we as people of faith will be people that break through stigmatization as well as stereotypes so that we can be places of support and love and hope and healing. I pray that the the mindsets of of the past will break out and that we will be people who begin to realize that mental health is something we need to talk about and even something we need to talk about from the pulpit. I pray that we will also have a lot more grace towards faith leaders and people who really struggle with mental health and people who we often look to to go, hey, you must have all the answers, but we don't leave grace or space for our faith leaders to struggle and have their own struggles. We are all individuals. And as Laura said, we have people in the Bible like Jeremiah, like David, you know, like Elijah, even Jesus himself, who struggled with things in their life. You know, we see Jesus weeping often and the sadness and the intensity of life's pains get to us. And uh, it's the reality of a fallen world that we live in. So I pray today that if you need support, I pray that you will contact the support helplines of SADAG, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. They are so phenomenal and do incredible work that you will also get the hope and help and the the healing journey that you need as well. And if you are supporting and caring and loving and being with a spouse, I pray that you will get support as well. If you have a spouse who is struggling with depression and anxiety, I want you to realize that it can be and is often a very challenging journey and is a very challenging journey for you. So look after yourself, take care of yourself. And uh, Laura used that word agency. And that's so important as well. Take control of your agency and ownership of your own life as well. And realize that these things do and can get you. So you need to take care of yourself. And may God's grace be with you in abundance today. It has been a blessing as always to be with you on Voice of Change. I pray that you are good. I pray that you are well. As these storms have just ripped through Cape Town this week, I pray that we will 
continue to keep in prayer in our thoughts and in our actions the communities and people who have been affected by the floods and who have been affected by what we have seen happening in our city this week let's keep all of that close to our hearts and be people of action and love and make the change in our society and in our communities so until next week shalom shalom god's grace blessing love joy and peace to you until next week take care This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.